changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Today, we're welcoming back world-renowned runner, author, and philanthropist Dean Carnassus. And we're going to talk about how you can get yourself out there, whether it's running or walking. Dean's going to share some motivation and tips with you and also discuss whatever crazy running feats he's undertaking these days. And we'll also discuss the new book that Dean just made with Chicken Soup for the Soul. So Dean, welcome back to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Oh, thanks for having me back on, Amy. It's good to be talking with you. Yeah, we've become buddies after nine years of working together. This is our second book together. But I guess before we start, I should let everybody know a little bit about your background. So first of all, Time Magazine named Dean one of the top 100 most influential people in the world. Men's Fitness hailed him as one of the fittest men on the planet, which is definitely true. And Stan Lee of Marvel Comics called him a real superhuman, which is definitely true, too, because Dean is basically a freak of nature. Among his many accomplishments, Dean has run 350 continuous miles for going to sleep for three nights. He's run across the Sahara Desert in 120-degree heat. He's run a marathon to the South Pole in minus 40 degrees. On 10 different occasions, at least, he's run a 200-mile relay race solo. So everybody else is running in teams of 12, but he's doing it alone. He won the world's toughest foot race, which is the Badwater Ultramarathon. He has done so many crazy things. In 2006, he ran 50 marathons in all 50 states in 50 consecutive days. He's also run 3,000 miles from the coast of California to New York City. He stopped at schools along the way to speak to students about the importance of exercise and healthy eating. And he actually went to the White House to meet with First Lady Michelle Obama to talk about nutrition and kids and exercise. You might have seen Dean on many television news shows and documentaries and in lots of different national magazines and, of course, in Runner's World and other running and sports and fitness magazines. And you're probably going to see Dean some more When our book comes out on June 4th, you'll see him on TV and you'll hear him on radio talking about chicken soup for the soul, running for good. Coincidentally, and I can't actually claim that I did this on purpose, but the day after our book comes out on June 4th is Global Running Day and National Running Day, which are on June 5th. So running is definitely going to be at the top of everyone's minds. So Dean, welcome back. And since it's summer now, I know everybody's going to really benefit from some of your tips and will get motivated to get out there. Well, at first, I, I guess I'm exhausted just hearing you read my bio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe, you know, you, I've done all those things. I hear you, you know, um, listing the, uh, the kind of feats and uh, exploration. I think, man, this guy's amazing. Who is he? It just it seems surreal. Yeah, well, it's you. With your crazy genes and your rigorous work schedule. And let's talk about your genes for a moment, because I remember watching that Stan Lee documentary and they had you at a medical school in San Francisco and you were running on a treadmill and they were measuring your lactic acid. And while for everybody else, the lactic acid goes up while they're running, yours was going down. (laughs) 
it was pretty interesting to see that. And they said they've never seen anything like that before, which surprised me because I don't see myself as superhuman. I think that I suffer all the same ailments and the fatigue and exhaustion as everyone else, but they seem to think otherwise. Yes. Now, I know that you have a Greek heritage and your mom is from that crazy island, right, where everybody eats yogurt and lives to be 120? <laughs> it's called Icodus. It's where the, the boy with the wax wings crashed, supposedly, in Greek mythology. But you're right. It's one of the fabled blue zones where the indigenous population lives to be the oldest. And the lineage comes from on my mother's side. Ikaria, the island, they say it's the island where people forget to die. You told me once that there will be like 100-year-olds there who are out gardening and look like they're 70. <laughs> I met a woman who had just walked back to the village, and she was so disheartened. And she was explaining that she's 104, and she had gone down to the bank in town to ask for a loan because she's an entrepreneur, and she's starting a new business. And they wouldn't give her a loan because the bank has a policy. They don't loan money to people over 103. <laughs> oh, my okay. gosh. Oh, my God. Life on that Greek island, that is really something. Well, for the rest of us, the mere mortals around here, I love the fact that you're popularizing a sport that is so accessible because all you really need is the road that's sitting outside your home anyway for free, and you need a good pair of shoes, right? That's what I love about running. It's a very democratic sport. It doesn't care how old you are. It doesn't care what color your skin is, what God you worship. It doesn't matter. All you need is some desire, a little bit of passion, some shoes, and an open road. And running has really evolved these days, and now it's not just about doing good for your body, but it's about doing good for others because now you can join just about any 5K and raise money for a disease that killed a loved one or a local nonprofit, whatever it is, which is why we titled our book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good, because you're running for the good of your body, but you're also running for the good of humanity, basically. So can you give us some tips about how you can actually get yourself out there for the first time and hit the road, even if you're just walking initially? I think that's exactly the way you approach it. Let's face it, running can be intimidating, especially when you show up to a running group and everyone's got their colorful clothes on and they seem to know what they're doing and they're stretching. It can be very off-putting for some people. It doesn't have to be that way. You can start by taking baby steps. A lot of people just walking around the block for the first time in years brings them kind of this renewed sense of hope. So I always encourage people to start from the ground up to go and invest in a good pair of shoes that are comfortable and then start to do what you can. Start to walk. And when you get to the point where you feel like you can walk comfortably for 15 or 20 minutes, I say try to run just for three minutes. Set your clock and try to run for three continuous minutes. And I know to an advanced runner, even intermediate runner, they'll say, well, that's so easy. But for someone new, that is really a challenge. And what someone new typically does is they sprint out really, really quickly and they run out of gas and they can't make it for three continuous minutes. So what trying to run for three continuous minutes teaches you is something of, of pacing and conserving your energy. And then once you can run for three minutes continuous, try five minutes. Set these little micro goals that are actually very achievable and they're reinforcing because three or four months earlier, you could barely walk around the block, and now you're able to run for five continuous minutes and just expand from there. I actually walk, and I typically will walk three miles at a pretty brisk pace. 
But when I try to run, honestly, I'll just say, like, I'm going to run to that mailbox I see down the road, and that's enough for me. But I don't know. Some people are just better off briskly walking, I guess. It works for me, and psychologically, it really helps me to get out there. I love being out in the fresh air, and I think you move your body so much differently when you're outdoors. You don't feel constrained. No, I agree. And I think that we've largely lost our relationship with nature. I'm very comfortable um, running up in the mountains, in the hills for hours on hours on end by myself. I feel very natural. And it's almost, I feel like a human should feel. Uh, it's kind of where we came from. But a lot of people have lost a relationship with the outdoors. And we spend a lot of time in our cars, in front of screens, go to our air conditioned offices, we get on elevators or escalators. We never really get outdoors. And to your point, just walking around the block, just walking into a park is really rejuvenating. It really, it renews your whole, your heart and your soul. I was out walking on Saturday and this gorgeous red fox ran by. And I've been seeing this fox around and I keep trying to get videos of it. And I was really happy because I got a great video of it, I thought. But then I did that thing with the iPhone I always get it wrong. And somehow I ended up with a video of the floor, like the road. And I, <laughs> I must have turned it on and turned it off immediately. And yeah, I didn't get the fox, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you bring up technology and being able to use technology, which I can't either, Amy. That's where we have kids, right? You know, technology actually is, it can be somewhat of a benefit as well. I know there's a lot of downsides to screen time, but there are so many different running type of tracking applications where if you have a phone, and almost all of us do, that you can very easily track your distance, your pace, and a lot of other things surrounding running or walking. Some people are very goal-oriented, and they like setting goals, and they like achieving goals, and they like surpassing goals. Other people just say, you know what, I'll walk for maybe 15, 20 minutes. If I feel like going further, I'll go further. So however you're hardwired, there's something you can do to encourage you and inspire you to keep going. If it is setting time goals or distance goals, there's so many applications now available on any smartphone that you can do this with very easily and for free. You're right. I have mapped my walk, which I think is from Under Armour, and I know you wear a Fitbit, and Fitbit is one of your sponsors, and then there's the Apple Watch. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk more about our new book, and also we're going to talk about the races that you're running these days. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're back with Dean Carnassus, and we've been talking about how you can get yourself up out of your chair and onto your feet and outside running or walking. So, Dean, I know you're a crazy man, and you run like 50 miles at the drop of a hat. Now, I know you ran into a couple of Chicken Soup for the Soul folks recently at the Bear Mountain Endurance Race. One of them just drove there in his car to meet you, and one of them was there for the half marathon, where his goal was to not come in last. And he managed to come in second to last in his age group, which was a huge accomplishment because he's a fairly new runner. What other things are you doing these days? Lots of these <laughs> ultra marathons, right? 
Well, I still love running these crazy distances, so running 50 or 100-mile continuous foot races. And I know to some of your listeners, they might be scratching their head saying, did he just say 100 miles continuous? And yes, <laughs> dear listener, uh, in, humans are capable of running 100 continuous miles. I mean, it might take 24 to 30 hours to do it, but I do it all the time. So I will still keep pursuing those sort of things. But I'm also very involved in hosting races and getting people out there such as the event in Bear Mountain this past weekend. And and you're right. We have a lot of new runners showing up, and it's very intimidating for them. It's a trail race, and it's not easy. And when they get to that finish line, the sense of satisfaction and gratitude is amazing. I mean, they prove to themselves that they're better than they think they are, and they can go further than they think they can. And it's really a great life lesson that translates from running to everything. And I love the fact that in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good, we have stories from people who first were like hugely obese and could not even walk to their mailboxes and then ended up two years later running a marathon. And then we have people who are like you, crazy people, who are talking about running the Badwater Ultramarathon. So we have everybody from casual walkers who just start walking so they can meet other ladies in the neighborhood and make some new friends to the crazy people. And I felt inspired by every single one of those stories. Every one of the 101 stories made me want to get up and leave my office and go outside for a walk or even a little run. I'm the same way. It's hard to read that book without wanting to get outside. And it's hard to read that book without feeling a sense of motivation, incredible motivation and what some of these people have overcome. And the other thing that you know you hit on in the beginning is how many millions of dollars have been raised for good for charities. And when someone runs for a charity, it gives a deeper meaning to running a race. They're raising funds for a loved one or a charity that's very near and dear to their heart. So in that way, running has been very, very good for charitable organizations and for helping others. Yeah, it's great. And people will say in their stories, I didn't think I could make the 5K. And then My father was in my head. I was running to honor my father, and he was in my head, and he helped me during that last kilometer, and I made it, and I was so proud. Every single one of those 101 stories really makes you feel something and really makes you want to get up and better yourself. And also, you're right, run for a nonprofit and raise money for something good, which I know you do all the time, which is why I described you as a philanthropist, because I know you're always raising money for charities and helping people raise money. You've probably helped people raise millions of dollars for different nonprofits over the years. Oh, I feel blessed that I'm in a position to be able to contribute in that way. So I do. I do what I can. And I get inspired when I run 5Ks, marathons, half marathons, and you see people running and they have signs on their back. I'm doing this for mom or I'm doing this for Uncle Joe. I'm doing this for my best friend, Robert. So you see these people running, and it's obviously very personal and emotional to them, and you can't help but get pulled into their stories. So one day when I was talking to you, you said to me, you don't own a car. (laughs) I imagine I said to people in the office, I bet when Dean says he's running out to get some milk, he actually is. People are so surprised when I say, I haven't owned a car for the past 10 years. Yeah, I have different size backpacks, Amy. So you actually do run to do the errands and you like run and get the milk and run back with the milk. I do. I mean, let's face it, a gallon of milk is kind of tough to run with. But as far as smaller containers, yeah, I do. I mean, I can carry up to 40 pounds on my back with the various packs I have. And it was my way of saying, 
you're going to be healthy. You have no choice but to run. And, you know, it was also somewhat of an environmental pledge that doing what I can. I mean, we hear a lot of rhetoric about preserving and restoring the environment, but what individual action can an actual person take? And I thought I can not own a car and just run everywhere. It's gotten easier with Uber and Lyft these days, but typically now I don't even carry a phone so that I have no option (laughs) to use a ride-sharing service. That is really something. Hey, did you get your box of books? I had the printer send a sample to you, but I I just sent you photos. Can I open it? I've got it right here, but I wouldn't know if I could open it. I'm looking at it. The book came out so gorgeous. It's so spectacular. I'm so excited. So for our listeners, there's a really great picture of Dean running on the cover of this book. And he's basically like from top to bottom of the cover. It's such a dynamic cover. And there you are wearing your Fitbit. And I thank Fitbit very much for letting us use that photo. Yeah, and I'll tell you a funny backstory on that photo. Where I'm running, probably when people see the photo, they might recognize it. Half the car ads you see on television are shot along that same road. Where is it? It's actually in Northern California, just north of San Francisco, across the Golden Gate Bridge. And it's kind of an iconic location for shooting car commercials because the backdrop is so amazing, the ocean and the redwood trees. And so I thought, better than have a car, have a human running. (laughs) Oh, that is really great. Well, I think that people are probably going to want to give this book to other people who they want to get to start walking or running. You know, I think the book will be highly motivational. So for people who are runners and they want to get a family member or a friend to get started, I bet they're going to be able to use this book to do so. I think that's a really good point. I think it'd make a great gift. It doesn't have to be for an occasion. It can just be, hey, I I was thinking of you. And like we discussed, you know, you read a couple chapters And it's just, you can't help but feel like I got to get out the door and go for a run or go for a walk. So it's very motivating, very empowering. That's what I love about the series. Yeah. Well, and I think it's getting out there and moving your body, whether you're running or walking, it's so good for you psychologically. I actually um, finished my chemo and I'm in remission now and I'm learning to deal with the fear of recurrence. And I was thinking through like all my strategies for dealing with fear. And I realized I am going to walk through my fear. I'm going to walk away my fear and I'm just going to walk three miles every day and feel really proud of myself. And that will help me keep my fear under control. So I'm going to use it as a mental health tool. Well, I mean, you and I are friends and seeing what you went through, it's had a profound impact upon me. I mean, you can never take a moment of time for granted and you live through that. And hearing your stories, I mean, there's no way you can't feel empathy and you can't feel like boy, I should make the most of every day I'm on earth because it's a gift (laughs) and don't take it for granted. And you've certainly proven to me that you can get through these things and you can keep a positive mindset, which you can keep moving forward, which to me is really something I admire about you, Amy. I just tried. I mean, I didn't miss a single session at the gym because I lift weights twice a week. I didn't miss a single session, even when I was going through chemo. I went twice a week every single week without fail. So, I mean, there were those steroid days where I'd go in and I'd be like, don't listen to me if I tell you to give me more weights because I'm still on steroids from the chemo. And they knew about steroid Thursdays, like don't listen to Amy. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I guess we're going to finish up now so that we aren't making people listen too long because I know they want to go outside now and get running. Dean, where can people learn more about you? Oh, you know, you just go to any browser, Google or whatever, and just type in my name and you'll be able to reach me however you want. I have a website, I have all the social media pages and so forth. So I'm not hard to find. 
And, and please do reach out to me. People say, how do I get in touch with you? And on my website, there's a contact button. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but it comes right into my email. Wow, I've got a folder in my Outlook that probably has 10,000 messages in there right now from people that I go through and read periodically, and I respond to everyone. And some of the stories I hear, it's amazing. I mean, I cry, I laugh, I pump my fist in the air. So feel free to get in touch with me, and I will read your email, and I'll try my best to respond. That's great. Well, I'm Amy Newmark. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. We're going to be sharing lots of stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul running for good over the next few months. And you can listen to them while you're out there running or walking. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast that you get the new episodes automatically in your phone. We're also going to be sharing stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul running for good in our free daily email. So if you want to get some of these stories delivered to your email inbox, go to chickensoup.com and click on the podcast button. And you'll see a button there to sign up for the newsletter. So go ahead and do that. And you'll get lots of running stories that Dean and I selected for you and put in this fabulous new book because we did select 101 stories from thousands of submissions. Dean, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, Amy. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for inviting me to collaborate on the second book with you. It's been a great journey. And I think it's going to keep going strong into the future. It was our privilege. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.